2: Okay, the tar and cement takes off and it's radiothon time. And uh, Annie McLaughlin's got the short straw today pressing buttons. Poor old Corey's laid up with a cold. I think it's a mixture of cold and radiothonitis, personally. But uh, she she didn't sound too good yesterday, but hopefully she'll be back next week. And it is radiothon day. Annie, Annie, uh, radiothon day. um, And we have to raise... 2,200, it says yeah, in front of me here. 22 we're going to get on the bloody phone. Yeah.
3: You've got to get your running shoes on. Well, that's right. I mean, Mind actually, you, you are an experienced man. I mean, I do, I've do. i done this panel for you a couple of times, and I'm sitting here going, goodness, doesn't he know it's already time to start? But, you know, you're, you are just uh, the master of uh, schwa. Uh, this will get you schwar- nowhere,
2: Annie. This will get you nowhere, let me tell you. Uh, the, uh, <laughs> well, what's the number? What's the number? What do they have to do? Oh, uh, well, the number is 2,200. No, it's uh, the numbers four one. actually i always got confused when i used to come in early radiothon days when I look up and see it and i thought that's the running total we've made nine million something but it's oh, not, fantastic. Not, not true that's right yeah but no it's not it's 94198377 and people have to ring it up and in fact we've got a regular uh regular uh, uh listener and 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 in fact a subscriber to this station who sends us nice cards and things and she sent a wonderful one with teapots last week and um, but she keeps telling me that I shouldn't say uh, six listeners. Because I always refer to it in the week that was it's our listener, of course, which I think may be literally our true. Maybe maybe literally true. But on this show, I keep talking about six. But she says we shouldn't talk about six because we really have a lot more, she assures us. And so here's the chance to prove it, I guess. If, they, if we get more than six uh, ringing up, well, I'll go along with that. Yeah, yeah, so- and we hope there are a lot more than six in this hour. Oh, yes, yes.
3: Lots of money. We want lots of money.
2: <laughs> lots and lots of money, and uh, we'll see how we go. Um, so, Are you your it. listeners
3: people who worry about things like this?
2: Do you want to be like the rich and famous? Do you want a tax deduction? Donate to 3CR Radio Fon. I can't promise you a tax refund like Mr Murdoch's $882 million, but I can promise you a legal, legitimate tax tax deduction if you donate to the 3CR radio Fund. Do like the rich and famous do. Direct your taxes to your favourite cause, your favourite program on Community Radio 3CR and tell Toxic Tony where to go. Donate now. Don't leave it till tomorrow. 039 and if you're computer literate 3cr.org Dot au.
3: And I can't resist, this is apparently music to donate to.
2: Oh right, okay, get it going. <laughs> what? Oh, yeah, yeah, leave it on because we'll roll over the I me. Mean, I've got to pour tea now, we have to pour tea. Here we so, go.
3: donate, donate. And there's
2: the tea being poured, jazz in the background. Jazz and tea at the same time. Isn't that wonderful? That's
3: right. We know it's Radiothon time. <laughs> Thank
2: you, Kevin. I started my journalistic career as a jazz columnist, actually. Many, did many you years really? Ago. I did many, many I remember years ago. Uh, getting
3: uh, my journalism mm-hmm. degree and uh, having mm-hmm. the uh, person down at the editor at the Standard at the time saying, can you write music reviews? And I always thought that uh, actually when you learned to write that you could turn your hand to anything. Mm. But no no it's the same with <laughs> in journalism as everywhere else if you've done the job before then you can have the job again
2: yeah that's right
3: but not on 3CR. Oh,
2: no, no. We, we're, we're, we're just jacks of all trades or jills of all trades here. On, that, on what uh, Joe just said on that promotion, by the way, about uh, Murdoch getting taxed back, you'd be yeah. pleased to know that Chevron, which promotes itself, it's running Barrow Island and all that gas stuff off the West Australian coast and promotes itself as a great environmentalist while it tears up the most pristine island off the coast.
3: Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, fudges uh, the suicide rates. Yeah, biggest. all that
2: stuff. Well, they were, and they, in fact, their, their contract is also higher labour that says they don't have to pay them Australian rates because they're offshore and they use Howard's um, Immigration Act actually to say they're no longer part of Australia, which is interesting, isn't it? Um, anyway, they didn't pay any tax. The latest financial statements for Chevron show the company not only managed to avoid paying tax last year but even pulled off a refund from the tax office, which we keep saying regularly. You know, those who don't pay tax probably get money back. Um, And it goes on about all all the bloody deals they pull using their international connections, but so it's the same thing as Murdoch, you know, that we're actually paying them money. Out of our um, And also Unbelievable yeah, yeah
3: Unbelievable
2: Yeah look We've got a nation By the way Bob Brooks Who's a regular Listener to this show For a long long time Has given us $20 Thanks Bob Bob's up in Yarra Junction Beautiful part of the world And Corey herself Well she's made up For not being here Because she's given us $25 so. and
3: she'd put her we'll, Weak little hand do you To you the
2: You want to forgive the her uh, Annie Do you want to <laughs> forgive her Annie Come on <laughs> She Let's I'll oh, crack a very bad joke She coughed up $25 um, That was a very bad joke Catherine and Val Valerie Thomas, who again are, um, are uh, regular and they give to so many programs over Radiothon Week and they always on this program, I'm not sure others say in memory of Bill Hartley because the first knew Valerie, of course, when she was actually doing the Saturday morning phone work on Bill's program many, many years ago. Um, and... Um, so that's that. Ken Mooney's also given us $20, and he's a regular as well. Um, and he's, he gives to a number of programs as well. So it's not just this program, but there we are. So that's uh, good. But we haven't got the phones ringing at the moment, have we? They don't seem to be. 94198377. Get on the phone. I'll tell you who won't be giving, but they're great people. In the um, honours list this week, you'll be pleased to know, Paula Fox, um, Who's identified by the Herald Sun through her husband, unfortunately, rather than being an individual. But anyway, my goodness. yes, it says is not want to take a back seat to her husband, Lindsay, one of the great human beings of this world. And she she's uh, she got honoured for her philanthropic um, duties, and uh, she said the award was a wonderful honour. She's focused much of my passion and energy over the years to help improve outcomes for kids and families, such as supporting housing and accommodation projects. And I think, well,
3: how much money went into getting that award?
2: They need to give a whole lot more. I would have thought, and because the gap between them and the people who need the housing seems to be widening all the time. You know what that
3: fool of a treasurer said last yes, night. Yes,
2: yes, yes, yes. <laughs> no, and tell us, but yes.
3: That thing about uh, there won't be a housing buddy, uh, bu- bubble uh, uh, as long as there's no uh, pressure on uh, availability, even though mm. it's unaffordable to the yes, man. Does, right. did he does he actually have any qualifications for being the treasurer?
2: I would have thought. Um, I would have thought, yes, being a treasurer of Australia, yes, he probably has every qualification. What he proved, though, was by saying people understand. need to go and get a well-paid job if they can afford housing, I um, mean, he does prove that, and I think he's a good example, and I don't think he's setting an example, because really, when you look at him as treasurer, you think, well, anyone can be treasurer, yeah. and that's a well-paid job, so, you know, he's setting an example, isn't he?
3: Yeah. Now, if you want to ensure that you get these pearls of wisdom on a continuing basis... What number do they have
2: to call? Oh, 94198377 But anyway, after Paula, by the way, another woman, Heloise um, Vizely, it's also got an honour for th- philanthropy. She's Dick Pratt's daughter. Uh, mm. It just goes she, to show yeah.
3: philanthropy isn't going to t- oh, do
2: it's, it. It's, it's helping It just doesn't seem to be helping. Another one, I don't think either of them will ring up in this hour, by the way. So we, what we need is the people that they make poor to ring up because we unfortunately rely on the other end of the scale to keep us going. But it's wonderful that people do ring up and do that. Because they're the people we support on this station, of course And Peter Gargego, who's the current man behind he's not wasn't the original, of course But behind the Grange Hermitage that sells at seven eighty five a bottle Says we should put an increasing tax on the cheap wines So people will buy the more premium wines and enjoy them So I, I don't think Peter will be ringing up either So we need our listeners to ring up, don't you think?
3: Yeah, yeah And uh, we'll give you a hint on how to pay Are you
1: wondering can pledge your support for a 3CR program during Radiothon, well, you can call us on 9419 8377 or visit our website 3cr.org.au. You can also come into the station at 21 Smith Street Fitzroy during office hours and pay by cash, cheque or FPOS. Or simply post your cheque or money order to Post Office Box 1277 Collingwood 3066. And be sure to tell us which program you would like your donation to go to. And thank you for being part of 3CR's Radio
3: 4.
2: Well, that was nice and jazzy. Again, yes, it's wonderful, isn't it? Let's hope it's jazzed up the phones because that's what we need to keep ringing. Um, just, Annie, I, I thought also I might mention to you, um, you'll find this interesting, the Herald Sun again, another union attack. Union backs bikey, mate. He- headline, <laughs> here we go. And it turns out a union bloke is shelling out up to 200,000 Well, unfair dismissal claims. They've got every right to do them, but not according to the Herald Sun. They're shelling out. The union's shelling out the money. Well, that's the union's role if someone's unfair dismissed and, uh, yeah,
1: that's and their goes job. to
2: that's right. But only in my, But one of these blokes apparently knew Toby Mitchell long before Toby was a bikey. Oh, knew that, him. Yeah, knew him. Went knew to Toby. school with him, oh, maybe. maybe. Even. Could have even gone to the same school. It, maybe went to kinder. Yes. Uh, look, Richard knew him before he was even a biker. He has known him for 25 years. But because of that, union backs bikey, mate. Isn't it wonderful? Outrageous. Uh, <laughs> a good old Herald son. Yes. Yeah,
3: <laughs> made of clay. That that newspaper.
2: Oh, <laughs> they've done it again. They've done it again. And I but but I, I got some good industrial news for you, by the way. Okay. Because you know how, generally speaking, people say women um, only get thirty percent or get thirty percent less than men. And well. We've found out that in the in, in IT industry, the technology industry, they don't get they, they only they get twenty percent less. It's a lot better, isn't that good?
3: Oh, is that outrageous?
2: <laughs> that's great. They only get twenty percent less than men.
3: Unbelievable.
2: Yeah, and the workforce there's only very few of on them. Only twenty eight percent of the workforce are, are women, but that's interesting, actually, isn't it? Yeah, and, yeah, and that's right. But there you are. Another one. Actually, speaking of the Herald Sun, I sometimes on Mondays just for exercise I count the number of men in photographs in the sports section versus the number of women. Oh, that's
3: a clever. Usually it's
2: about 70 to 2. You get a couple of netballers reaching for a ball or something. Last Monday week, I counted it. It was 87 nil. My God. 87 nil. Not-
3: and have you noticed? Because I don't actually, uh, this is probably uh, puts me in a. a a minority. I was going to say a vast minority.
2: <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> uh,
3: I actually never read... Yeah,
2: a majority minority. <laughs> yeah. I
3: actually never, never, never read the uh, sports page. So, of course, um, that... Uh, means that I can look at it completely objectively because I never mm. actually read it. Well, if you never look at it, it, you can't read it
2: objectively. You're no, not no, at I it does mean that. I,
3: yeah, but mm-hmm. it, the amount of pages that are, are migrating towards what's called mm-hmm. the news section is—it appears to me that it increases.
2: Mm, it's bumping into the comics.
3: It's unbelievable. Mm.
2: Yeah, it's um, it is. But this one, they actually—I thought well, netball finals coming up, they'd at least have a netball. But no, they had one four paragraphs about Melbourne playing that night. That was it for netball, but there were two. There were a cup. There was a photo of American men playing basketball in America.
3: Oh, is not amazing. But no, so, so it's no going women to be, in Australia. So uh, the sports section, which, and that's <laughs> the other thing I have noticed about the sports section, it constantly pretends that it's news. So you've got these journalists who are talking in this sort of terribly important manner about some event, something that's supposed to be terribly important in sport, in, <laughs> as if it's uh, world affairs. It's world affairs. Yeah. The only time it's world affairs is it's if it's FIFA and it's siphoning off huge amounts That's of capital and uh, ensuring that lots of uh, people die in Qatar because there's no union representation. Yeah, or
2: they could analyse how sports become big business rather than sport in so well, many they facets. Could. They could, but they don't don't do that. But
3: they'd course. have to come to three CR and be on Trevor Grant. What's his? The, <laughs> score What's sport? the score?
2: Sport Fridays? But we're on
3: we're on uh, City Limits. So who we do are. they have to That's ring right. to
2: support four, City nine, Limits? Nine four one nine eight three double Seven Cam Walker from Friends of the Earth has rung up, by the way, and he's Yay! given us $40 on your cam. Terrific stuff, wonderful. Um, I had to go for that. So, so we need lots more. We need a long list of people to come in and give us some, uh, some more people who've given, and I'm sure there's lots of people who've been giving because we've it. But actually, seriously, because every year, recent years, 3CR people think, oh, it's not going too badly. In the early days of Radio thought on this station, and we are in our 40th year. Uh, Radiothon literally meant your survival if you didn't get the money or enough money, you literally went down the gurgle and didn 't survive um, no, and, I
3: just figure that we 're all going to have to have donation books that we uh, leap out of corners yeah. and grab people to in say, more recent donate, years donate. but
2: but it's this last year three cr literally spent more than it got in, so we actually lost and so we are reaching a critical point, so it yeah. is really important that people ring up to keep if they really appreciate what we do, not, not just this show. In fact, we'll, we'll exclude this show. If you really appreciate what 3CR does around the place in all sorts of ways, then it is important that people ring up.
3: Yep, like Sean Flood, who's given us $15, Hugh Barron, $50, keep up the good work, he says, and April and Roger, 100 in memory of Doug.
2: Oh, terrific. Yeah. Uh, that's That's wonderful of them, and thanks for them. Uh, April and Roger, of course, are from uh, the Housing for the Aged Action Group, or he's April is Roger's her partner, uh, and they? Um, it's wonderful, because they've got their own program as well, the Housing for the Aged, so they've got to raise yes, money themselves. Right. Yeah,
3: And, yeah. of course, what, why do they uh, want to support city limits, Kevin? What's so fantastic about I'm Kevin? i sipping
2: tea. They want to support, well, perhaps because they like hearing tea being poured, but more particularly uh, because we do cover, uh, we're probably the only station that actually covers urban environment type issues and in a general way we cover energy we cover transport, we cover planning, we cover housing uh, all very depressing because they're, not, you know, they're not, not areas where we're having a lot of winds, but we do have the occasional ones. Well, but what- I, I was
3: I was uh, listening to City Limits one day and you were talking about the river keepers and I thought, yeah. how extraordinary that the Yarra mm. River has a river keeper.
2: That's right, yeah. yeah. Fabulous stuff. Yeah, there's a new one now. That bloke retired. There's a new one. Yeah, replaced that's him, right. But, yeah. Exactly um, right. That, Did you uh, hear
3: last night that uh, the uh, Hope Street bus service has been re
2: Yes, uh, in fact, they've been advertising. I put in last week for our transport bit, but I, we didn't get around to it. They're actually advertising for some public consultation on the actual route because there's a there's a suggestion because it's older people using it, and it was closed. Pe- let's update people. It was closed because very few use very little usage, yeah, but the usage was Street. was older older residents in Brunswick and Hope Street. Um, who uh, needed it to get to Sydney Road. But some of those older residents are now arguing that it should extend down to the major shopping centre you now, that dreadful that place, oh, Barbara Square. They're that's always they, after they, something extra. They, that's right, they want to go down there. But it, but it is good, at least, that this government is going to reopen it because those people were becoming quite isolated. Yeah. Now
3: that's, mm. that's genuine public transport. Yeah,
2: yeah, it making is. Making community. Is. And you run it, you probably run it at a major loss, but what the hell? I mean, you're providing transport for people, which is That's exactly important. right. Yep, that's that's very very correct. Look, we'll go. I'll tell you what. We'll go and go. Uh, speaking of transport, we'll go to John McPherson who we had in last week. But we only get John to give us a bit of a promo, and we're going to extract some money out of him as well. So we'll take a quick break and get John on the line and let him tell us what a great station we are. Okay, now John wasn't answering his phone. He might he had the cold last week. He might have gone to bed. So we have rung Paddy Moriarty, who we're going to get on later in the show. But um, I think regular listeners know um, he's a professor now, isn't he, Paddy? You're a professor, Paddy, aren't you now?
0: Yes. Yeah. Professor
2: Moriarty. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> and uh, Paddy, of course, comes on regularly to talk about uh, work he does researching in transport and energy and other things. Paddy, um, I wanted to raise the question of um, of batteries, etc., because uh, recently there's a bloke called Vic Forbes who regularly writes on behalf of a group called Carbon Sense Coalition. And he's come out attacking any prospect. He says batteries will never be able to... Um, cover and allow solar to be the the actual main source of of energy, and he says we must therefore use batteries to store baseload coal, nuclear, gas, or hydropower rather than um, than solar or um, or wind. Um, comment on that.
0: Yeah, well, uh, for a start, um, it's not clear that you'd need to store baseload power. So the thing is that the that the two main um, renewable energy sources, wind and solar, are intermittent. And um, uh, this raises um, big problems. For instance, uh, Europe has, especially Germany, has has a lot of photovoltaic cells. Now, uh, in winter, it may be that for several months of the year, you won't get much solar at all. So um, of course, at present, it doesn't matter because it's only supplying a tiny fraction of of electricity. You know, less than one one percent. But if but if you tried to supply, um, say, sixty percent with uh, of Germany's electricity with solar, then what would you do in winter? Um, see, batteries, for instance, take a a, a car battery. You know, for an electric vehicle. I mean, the idea is that you can charge it each day, say at night, right? But if it's um, but, but the point is that you cannot have a battery that will last for three months, right? That's not possible. So um, batteries are not really the answer there. Uh, that's why what happens at present is that um, the intermittent sources, well, wind and solar, uh, the the fossil fuels have to fit in around them. For instance, in Germany, um, what happens is, well, I think in a number of countries, what happens is the the uh, the wind suppliers say how much electricity they plan to deliver the next day, right? They have to make a guess. And if they deliver more than that, um, they'll have to dump it. And if they deliver less, they'll have to to pay. So that's um, the way it works with intermittent sources of energy. Um, and, look, batteries are OK for short-term storage, but they're never going to be a, a solution for, um, you know, long-term storage. So they can store overnight, but, say, um, if there was... Um, well, say in Australia, if 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 you could develop enough um, uh, solar voltaic, photovoltaic power each day, then it could presume it, you could presumably cover the night times some energy demands. But um, uh, having it over several months would be a big problem.
2: Mm. How does that fit in, though, with the I know you support that we have to you know run down our use of fossil fuel and hopefully get it back to zero. Uh, how does that fit in with that?
0: Well, I think. It's possible that um, using some uh, fossil fuels may deliver less carbon dioxide than try to move to 100% renewable. It depends how you you do it, but uh, renewables aren't necessarily carbon free. Um, For instance, uh, the um, uh, liquid uh, renewable fuels, that is um, uh, grain ethanol and um, uh, biodiesel made from um, rapeseed oil and so on, these are... If at all, even the proponents say that they only deliver or, or save marginally compared with with the petrol or the diesel that they replace. Opponents of these say that they're they're in fact worse. <laughs> so mm. not all renewables are, are in fact uh,
2: green. And of course, right. you, I know you argue that really we've got to cut back on our use of the stuff. We've just got to use a lot yeah. less of it.
0: A lot less energy, yes. But uh, I think... Well, I think if we're going to have to use some fossil fuels for a long time, the main thing is to make it very small and to make it so that it it can enhance renewable energy, as it were. Right? Um, for example, and even in the in the transition, for instance, you can burn uh, biomass, uh, wood pellets, in uh, in in conventional coal-fired power stations. In other words, you can replace some of the input of coal by wood pellets. Right? Now, that may never be large, but you can see how the two can go together or for instance with um, uh, solar uh, solar thermal electricity where you have say um, uh, parabolic mirrors fo- focusing on a, on a central tube or maybe on a central receiving tower and uh, this you have some working fluid in there and that heats up and the, uh, that's then used to drive a turbine. Um, what you might do is have um, a, a natural gas backup for instance so that when the sun isn't shining, you then uh, de- de- deliver the heat with natural gas. It won't be terribly efficient because natural gas is a very high; it can operate at very high temperatures. But um, over in the system overall, it may save on um, carbon emissions.
2: Mm. Uh,
3: I was going to, uh, This is Annie well, no, yeah. in the studio. I was just going to say that my experience of living in the bush for about eight years, where we used generator and a variety of other things, was that uh, there was a lot of attitudinal. Uh, problems with uh, I should do panelists at the same time. There's attitudinal problems regarding energy use. We're so used to uh, turning on a switch, etc., expecting it all be there uh, in uh, when in actual fact, if you actually. Uh, um, looked at energy uses uh, in compartments for different uses at different times, then you would actually change the actual way people uh, use and expect energy to be there, the availability of energy being there at all times.
0: Well, well, this is the uh, demand profile, yes. uh, People do expect it to be there at all times. There are several uh, answers to this. The the high-tech solution would be to have... um, Smart meters, and or, uh, or um, say say that your fridge could be turned off for ten minutes without um, everything going <laughs> going bad, right? So it, at times of very high electricity demand, uh, the idea is that, that you could turn off, say, um, uh, electric heating or um, or fridges or freezers for um, you know ten minutes, half an hour, and then turn them on when uh, when uh, electricity is um, demand is lower. Um, the other thing is that You know, for instance, um, in the old days, well, when I was a kid, um, we used to dry clothes on the outside line, right? And the idea was that. You, you washed on a windy day, as it were, or a fine day, and maybe we'll need to go back to that, um, mm. that we just can't assume that we can have electricity whenever we demand it. We have yeah. to think ahead.
2: Remembering when you were a kid, Paddy, great memory you got. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> that's what I want to say. But uh, by the way, if I said you a number, say I said 419 or 94198377, I hope you know the answer to this. What would I be doing?
0: You'd
2: probably be trying to raise money. That's right. <laughs> you got it. Very good. Just before we get money out of you, by the way, <laughs> just before we get money out of you, um, in the last week or so, a couple of world bodies, including one led by Kofi Annan, the ex-UN um, um, Supremo, um, have come out and said Australia is freeloading on the rest of the world on on, on addressing climate change. Uh, comment on that one? Um, well,
0: we, are, we We do burn a lot of coal, yes. Um it's we're several times the, the world average. Um, so the thing is, though, that you've got to look at. Uh, there's two ways of looking at at, at um, carbon emissions. One is what is burnt in this country, and the other one is to try to fix it um, compared with where the if you're exporting energy-intensive products, where where it's going. So In other words, uh, a number of European countries ha- have cut back on uh, on their uh, carbon emissions. Partly because uh, industry is being closed down there and is moving to China, so China emissions are increasing greatly, and um, European countries and America and so on are importing um, energy-intensive and carbon-intensive manufactured products. So there has been some attempt by by some researchers to to actually look at carbon dioxide from a consumption point of view rather than from carbon dioxide produced within the uh, within, within the boundaries of, of a given country. So that would mean that. Ours would be slightly better than they look. but um, yes, So, we, we Paddy, uh,
3: so what they're saying is that they've realised that we're all mm. in it together. Mm. We'll all go, you know, like the Pete Seeger song, we'll all go together when we go.
2: Yeah, that's right. That's... It's a circle.
3: <laughs> it's a globe. Quite,
0: yeah, not quite. Um, I think that one of the reasons uh, why there hasn't been much uh, action on... Um, on the carbon dioxide reduction is that it will be worse for the for the poor of the world than it will be for the others, right? So, okay, um, right. although in the end that that's true, uh, it's still the fact that, that there's still a, a a class bias to toward uh, the um, the negative side of uh, climate change.
2: There was a report in the Age last week, in fact, about the massive subsidies Australia uh, pays to the coal industry, both uh, both encouraging it here and overseas. Uh, and that's uh, it's pretty serious because you we, we often get people like the Institute of Public Affairs claiming that that uh, coal has to struggle along on its own while renewables are heavily <laughs> subsidised. Uh, yeah. yeah.
0: The, the thing is that all energy sources are subsidised. Coal, oil, gas, nuclear and the, rene- and the renewable energy, energy sources. I think it's something like $800 billion a year worldwide. It's huge, right? So, um, and this means that it's it's very hard to figure out when you're talking about comparative costs that it's cheaper or more expensive to generate electricity this way or that way. It's a bit of a mess because nobody really knows what the actual costs are. For mm. These, various things. these people
2: countries- love market forces, but aren't market forces heavily distorted by that sort of subsidy? Of course they
0: are, yeah. Mm. yeah. Look, um, uh, free market is... Uh, it's more or less a rhetoric used, right? Nobody really really wants it, <laughs> but it sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right.
2: Speaking of wanting, we want money, Paddy. This is the end of this. I'm going right, yeah, yeah, right, to get rid of I'll you now me, and get I'll money out of you.
0: Okay, <laughs> I, I, I'll give you $150 then. Okay, right. look,
2: thanks very much, Paddy. Terrific. Proof, yeah. Okay, <laughs> you can go back to your researching now and we'll talk to you again in a few weeks. We'll catch up and uh, see what you've actually been doing lately.
0: Okay. Bye.
2: Howdy, thanks, Paddy.
4: Simply post your cheque or money order to P.O. Box 1277 Collingwood 3066 and be sure to tell us which program you'd like your donation to go to.
3: We had a lot of uh, conversations to go on. Sorry I cut, cut you off. Uh, oh, that's
2: right. I, was just, I was just back announcing Paddy, but that's all right. People, no, know, it, people it, know him. He's a pretty regular on this program.
3: No, tell, who was
2: it? Paddy Moriarty, who's a professor now. He's at Monash. He's in engineering out there, but he's he's a very good engineer. He doesn't build roads and things. He researches stuff like energy and transport and all that sort of what thing. What
3: a fantastic fellow, And He gave yes. us 150 bucks.
2: <clears throat> exactly. It, it, I tell it every time. An interesting story because he, he's at Monash. He sits there in his office and just writes away and writes papers and gets published all over the place. Good on him. And he, but he <clears throat> last year the department he's in moved from Caulfield where he's at because he lives near there um, to uh, somewhere a, to a different yeah different campus somewhere. More And Paddy, Paddy refused to move, so he's still sitting in the same office in a different department. So he, he just he just sits there and uh, goes on with his life. <laughs>
3: Fantastic.
2: Yeah. yeah. There you are. Oh, Ruth Sirrett, by the way, um, who's a regular, um, well, she's a regular correspondent, she's a subscriber, and she's given us $100, and she's also made the point that we, she's the one who said it, I'll tell it like that. She uh, says we're proving we actually do have more than six listeners, so there you are. Uh, but <laughs> thanks, right. Ruth, $100, that's incredibly generous, and thank you very much indeed for that.
3: She's not mm-hmm. the one who uh, pans for gold.
2: Well, she did. I just said she panned. Apparently, I don't know if no. it was a joke or not, but they said she's been out panning, and maybe she does. Um, anyway, no, no, it's probably true. It, along, yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, that's a hundred dollars worth of gold.
3: Yeah, what's what's the number, Kevin? <laughs> uh,
2: hundred dollars. No, I see <laughs> nine nine four one nine eight three double seven. That's the number, and um, we want people to keep. The another one, by the way, um, <clears throat> on the industrial front, because we've got time to do it today. Um, apart from that item I just mentioned about um, about 20% rather than 30% which is a great breakthrough um, nurses, uh, I find this amazing nurses will be losing jobs because of because of um, they're hiring skilled foreign labour so called skilled foreign labour I suppose it is skilled but nonetheless I thought these things, were they were supposed to check whether there were people in Australia uh, who could do the job and if they can they can't use four, five, seven visas and that sort of thing and yet Hospitals and whatever are are bringing in um, skilled migrants and nurses here are missing out on jobs. Now, that seems to me to be contradictory to what the thing's supposed to be about, isn't it?
3: Oh, well, that is contrary to what we thought it was about. But uh, in actual fact, uh, having uh, done reports on the 457 Mm -hmm. visas and a range of other visas... The uh, government seems to have uh, backed the notion of manipulating the labour market by using visa systems. And although Australians often think that it's supposed to be about... uh, filling shortages and that they need to advertise for local people to fill those positions. Actually, this is one of the uh, uh, stumbling points, that in actual fact there are no limits on what these people can do. The employers don't have to advertise. They don't have to check to see if there are people available in the local scene. Uh, when the Labor Party was in, there were some... Uh, uh, some uh,
2: Checks and balances, balances,
3: but in in the present situation, there are none.
2: Mm. But well, actually, there was a the fallout. This is why you
3: don't vote for them.
2: They not be. But but uh, the um the the regular fallout Melbourne University fallout thing from the age last week uh covered this side on the, the recent four corners program about people in the agricultural industry being so exploited with 457s. No, yet- no,
3: they're not 457s. Oh, no, no, not- they're not they Four uh four, one. Different number are they? Yeah, they're a different number. Okay, right here. <laughs> whatever. This is um, the work, work working uh, visas, working holiday visas. Whatever.
2: Uh they um they suggest Wait, this is a terrible thing to 418, 418. say. They 8. suggest the big supermarkets, Coles, Woolworths, etc., should be ultimately responsible for people at the bottom of the chain being totally exploited. Now, yeah, yeah, how yeah. Right. Yeah, Coles and Woolworths for that, isn't it terrible? Yeah, yeah. and uh, mm-hmm.
3: allowing uh, labour hire companies to exist without mm-hmm. any regulation. Oh, oh, goodness mm-hmm. me! Right. I think they uh, they do protest too much.
2: Well, I read a bit. Um, <laughs> I read a bit um, in response to the episode. Coles, Woolworths, and KFC, among others, reaffirmed their Commitment to ethical sourcing, etc., which is what they say every time there's another death and massive death in um, in, in Bangladesh. They always say, "Oh, we're going to we'll, we will check and make sure our our suppliers do the right thing, etc., etc."
3: Yes, we've got uh, Helen Vanderburg. Oh,
2: on the have night. we? That's good because I was trying to get Helen last night and. Uh, and uh, I left a message. They're always out, the Vandenbergs, They're always going to meetings and things. Helen Vandenberg, I think people. I think most people know, but Helen is one of many great activists in the northwestern suburbs of Melbourne. Um, and she, um, she of course has been heavily involved more recently in the uh, campaign around the Tullamarine toxic waste dump. Helen, we don't really want to talk much to you. This one, you're just going to get money, really. But um, yeah, thanks for th- you
1: can have thanks for coming
2: on. But uh, how much will we get?
1: 60? 60, we Sixty. Oh, look, thank
2: you very much, 60, oh, I'll put you 000, down, 60. but it isn't,
1: it's just
2: 60 Okay, 60, well look, I'll put you down for 60 and you'll get $60 worth of promotion now, you're going well, <laughs> um, um, well Helen. I was out at a meeting about
1: the, the flare and its performance on the teletoxic dump last
2: night Okay, I've got to get back to you, we'll have a talk shortly and get back on air about the latest updates on that But what is the latest update briefly?
1: Briefly, the flare is destroying some chemicals and not completely others. And the ones that it's not completely destroying are ones we have every right to be concerned about. And, of course, we're going to go through another buffer land rezoning um, saga. And, of course, there's still the issue of groundwater Mm. contamination, which continues daily, for which they have not yet been fined.
2: Yes, we made attempts to talk to the company about this some time ago, but we haven't I'll had much success there. Try
1: again. They there. said that they will respond to you. In yeah, they the did. We had
2: a bit of couple of email um, correspondence, but uh, didn't seem to come to anything in the end. Uh, but we'll keep trying. That's for sure. Good idea. Uh, but An
3: email mail
2: flurry. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, well, it's how it's how PR works these days. It's very clever. They get you to email things, and they email back, and it avoids you actually asking the follow up question. Um, which is all very clever. But, Helen, also out your way, um, Essendon Airport, is that still a problem? Of course.
1: Well, how could it not be a problem? Any airport that's well, showering that fumes on <laughs> people, noise and causing vibration in homes is a problem. It's the same out at Melbourne Airport. That's a problem for the local community. You've now got a different um, impact from the airport because it's changed its flight path slightly in operations. And then again, there's more to come. And for people who never had noise before, they're about to have the joy mm. of noise.
2: At Melbourne, wasn't something? Someone just handed us some donations. But um, at Melbourne, wasn't there a, an attempt by some developer to encroach on the land that's supposed to be preserved, etc.? Was that happening? I recall.
1: Uh, Do you know? I don't know about that. I'm too busy dealing with what's happening to Steel <laughs> Creek and a huge um, retarding basin they have to build because they've just taken away a lot of greenfield and turned it into warehousing. Um, it's kind of logical to have it near the airport, and there may be some benefits to us out of that in terms of water quality, because mm. we're getting rid of a filthy, retarding basin and getting a clean one. But anyhow, that remains to be seen how well it works.
2: So, water but out your ways are serious. to the yeah.
1: community out there is the proposal to have a third runway, and if we had light, if we had a fast train connecting Melbourne, Sydney and Canberra and Brisbane, we wouldn't need a third runway. Mm. And the impacts on air quality are not good for the community. In fact, we were told last night that compared to the airport and compared to the freeway, the teletoxic dump's almost benign.
3: Oh, my God. Mm.
1: That's nice. Well, this is dirty and that's dirty, so this bit of little extra dirt doesn't matter. I thought the idea was if it was dirty, you cleaned it up, and if there's three sources of dirt, then they all ought to be cleaned up. Not it's okay to legitimise the third one because there are two bad ones as well.
2: They used the same argument when the smokestacks in Richmond were going up for the um, the tunnel there, when Mm. the City Link, they used the same argument. They said, look. Be, the number of extra deaths because of this to what already happened with air pollution uh, will be so minimal it won't matter. I mean, they, they literally use that argument that it's you know it's a minimal number of extra deaths that are going to be caused to what's already happening in that part of the world with traffic.
1: Yeah, well, they don't look at what is the impact in families of premature deaths of people dying earlier than they should. Had they got clean air, they would have lived longer and healthier lives. And nobody mm-hmm. takes that into account much
3: no, that you can see that uh, they're quite clearly uh, lost in the land of statistics. They think that uh, statistical analysis actually expresses all the realities.
1: Well, I just think they're losing their humanity. Well, yeah. that's what you were saying too, really.
2: Yeah. But, of course, that's one of the – let's get the plug now, Helen uh, – one of the reasons why people should give to 3CR is because we do um, – we do sometimes cynically, but we do indeed um, express that humanity –
1: well, I was just listening to you a little while ago and I thought, you know, when I listen to 3CR, I'm reminded that there's a whole community out there that stands for principles for protecting life and protecting the planet. And where else can I hear discussions that raise the concerns of those who are most mar- marginalised and most exploited? And there's only one place where I can hear that on a regular basis, from Indigenous affairs to international affairs, to and it's all about justice. I think the only station that's committed to representing social and environmental justice is 3CR, which is why I love it. Yeah, well, no and good. have since
2: 1975,
1: mm-hmm. because when 3CR was founded, I actually had had a back accident. And for the next three months, I was lying flat from. And the whole time I was listening to all the programs that were new on 3CR, I thought, when I get off this couch, there's so much <laughs> that needs to be done. I'm just going to be glad I can walk and contribute a bit. So mm. that's the influence 3CR
2: has had on my life. Oh, very good. Uh, look, that was a wonderful endorsement. That was well worth $60, uh, <laughs> I, I've to tell you, Helen. <laughs> Have a good day, or both of you. Look, thanks very much, and we will talk to you shortly and, and catch up more on those issues. But and thanks.
1: if people can only contribute a few dollars, it is so worth it.
2: Terrific. Look, well, thanks, Helen. Excellent. Okay. Helen Vandenberg, who's such a long-term campaigner. In fact, we'll next time we get onto them, um, oh, it's part of them here, Helen and Josh Vandenberg, $60 is in my hand. Um, That's right. And then
3: there's John, where it $100?
2: Oh, good old John. We had him on the last year or so. John wrote a um, – oh, um I'll, just, I'll come back to it. Yeah, John um, did that wonderful book of photography of, of workers, um, which was launched some time ago, and we had him in the studio talking about it about six or eight months ago. Lovely book, John, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you very much. It's thank, great
3: when people do images yeah. like this. It reminds you yeah. that there's, alter, there's alternative history... Yeah. Other than uh, the uh, history that's shoved down people's necks by the corporate interests.
2: Exactly. Um, Now, Catherine and Valerie Thomas, I'd mentioned earlier, they always say in memory of Bill Hartley, and they've they've added Bill Deller this year. That's right. I didn't. Uh, the the original given to me had that covered up. It was sort of badly photocopied, so I I couldn't see it. I just assumed it was. But uh, but Bill Della. So look, okay. Thank you, Catherine and Valerie, and terrific. And we'll honour that. And Joy Phillips. Um, Joy Phillips is someone I'm actually having lunch with today, but she's given $100. Oh, uh, good on it. <laughs> and, <laughs> I hope you're buying a lunch, Kevin. <laughs> Hang on, $100? Let's think about that. Okay. <laughs> anyway, look, Joy, Have thanks a, very a, much. A Joy, and Chi, and, Joy oh. and Chi, both. I'm sure that's from both of them, and thank you very much to both of you. There's also uh,
3: Reverend Healy uh, for the old-timer,
2: $20. Oh, mm-hmm. terrific. Okay, yes. He talks about... I was going to mention the other day, because I last time it rained, or when it rains, I sometimes come in on public transport and I got the train to um, Parliament Station and I walked up via the Know along Albert Street, the gardens—a lovely walk in the morning, actually. It is, and um, but I walked past St. Patrick's, and I thought of him, and I thought I should say to him. I went in and said a prayer for him, but he might he might collapse if I said that. <laughs> <laughs> You're on city limits, of course, with Kevin, and I've uh,
3: Kevin Healy, and I've taken <laughs> up the cudgel for uh, Corey. u <laughs> sick? So, cheerio to Corey. She actually <laughs> donated, so you should uh, donate too. <laughs> What's the number, Kevin?
2: Right. The number is nine four one nine eight three double seven. Yeah. Or else it's nine no, it's actually more than nine million. It's ninety four No, it is nine million, isn't it? No, it's ninety four million, one ninety eight three six million. You're sounding
3: a little bit like Joe yes. Hockey who, who uh, is an underqual yeah. oh well, overqualified maybe for Australia's treasurer.
2: Yeah, poor old Joe. He's having a bit of trouble, but... Uh, Good. He's, uh, well, yeah, he, no, he, he's, he's right. You've just got to get a job that pays enough to you can buy a house and you can buy a house. Yeah, well, That's you logical. Know, he's he's so, being logical when so you think there, about
3: it. there's been these big posters um, hang, hung up all around the town that says, hope is not a strategy. So we have to have a strategy. We have to get rid of this government so that you can get a better job that pays more so that you can then... Get a house to live in,
2: but they That's say they say their, their, their strategy is to get is to make it better. So you can get that job, but then when workers get a, when workers get higher no, pay, impossible. they complain.
3: No, no, it's impossible to get a better job in this uh, particular labour environment unless you're a paid up uh, corporate uh, person. I'd well, say.
2: well, everyone should be a paid up corporate person.
3: Well, there you go. But there's only a limited amount of jobs. Then again, prepared. who do
2: the work? That's the only problem. Who actually do the work? Yeah. It's always a problem, isn't it? There's always, a, there's always. Did a, you know a that negative. there's actually a theory a around that,
3: Kevin? That uh, there's always, hmm. there's something like twenty uh, percent uh, of the people do most of the work, and the rest of them are on your back. <laughs>
4: <laughs> you carry them and oh, I suppose we should be playing that song, uh, he oh, ain't heavy, he's my brother. We
2: carry the rest of three CR at City level <laughs> let me tell you that. But uh look, I, I just want a interesting one. Um last yeah, you know, with with the Royal Con mission going on, the Kanga mission, and you can you can lay odds and I must admit we want to thank the AWU and Caesar Mellon for giving them perhaps giving them something they can actually nail a union on because the rest of it's yeah, what all a been, rotten apple. The rest of it's all been hearsay and uh, and you know. And made up workers actually taking action on safety, which apparently is a crime. Oh my God!
3: Yeah. Or yes, having meetings about suicide.
2: I, I reckon I, there's no doubt in the end because they've already they've already even before they get to the end, of it, they've already made their statements about how crook the unions are, the ones they're after. But one of the nations, the 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 business, well, the Australian Securities and Investment Commission comes out and says it wants to bring in um, new civil laws. So, that actually, directors of companies, if there's if, if Corruption occurs or if if if, if um, illegalities occur the share, the directors directly rather than the shareholders pay it um, but that's why they
3: created uh, limited liability. exactly
2: <laughs> now they want to bring it in and then anyway, the business council of Australia says it's terrible the regulator because regulators are well placed to judge what constitutes good corporate culture we don 't need new laws. And um, the Australian Institute of Company Directors questioned the regulatory push, pointing out it has serious and significant repercussions on to whom a company officer owed a care, duty of care. It's all very legally difficult. So how would they know? They have got to, you know, they can't possibly charge directors for a bit of illegality, for God's sake. And over in uh, America, the bloke who's now actually in Australia, David Rainey, one of BHP Billiton's top oil executives, he was charged in America, he was the one who said... He, his best guess estimate for the oil leaking during that terrible bloody Gulf um, spill, yeah, yeah. Um, best guess estimate was 5,000 barrels a day when the real figure was actually 92,000. And he got charged with misleading the, the, the subcommittee a bit. That's anyway, outrageous. Yeah, uh, but you know, they charged him with misleading, and he you'll be pleased to know last week the court found him not guilty. So What? Yeah, not they guilty. They found him not guilty, yeah, even though him, it's quite taxes. clear he yeah. did
3: it. And well, the, the other thing is that... Uh, are they but doing... he
2: didn't know. He, it was best guess. Oh, I see. That yeah, was best that was, guess. Guess. And he was only defense. He was only out by $87,000 yeah, yeah, a day. Yeah, that's right. And yeah. is
3: that that thing where... Um, people who are at the top you know get paid all that money because they take responsibility
2: um, they take responsibility for passing the buck down
3: yeah unbelievable so the rules yeah. have changed so in the past people fell on their sword but not not anymore
2: oh no 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 <laughs> <laughs> oh no
3: and I was, I was gonna ask is, well is, is Rupert
2: Murdoch was anyone who didn't know his whole place was corrupt
3: oh my goodness yeah Yeah, that's right. the it yes. yeah, was, was
2: the janitor or something
3: yeah even though <laughs> and and the other thing is uh, is uh, mm-hmm. it, now that uh, uh, corporate uh, fellows uh, go yeah. off to Australia to take off the heat, like the they used to send uh, uh, the English aristocracy when they were on the nose at home, they used to send them to Australia, remittance men. And uh, what about celebrities? When they'd done two bad things, they go off to Australia so that yeah. they can redeem their reputations. Is that yeah. what's going on?
4: Yeah. Is yeah. that but why
3: he's been sent here? Yeah. Yeah.
2: Well, I don't know, but we we don't know that, do we? No, we don't. I think it's just because he's such a good executive. I mean, anyone can miss out, anyone can underguess by 87,000 barrels a day oil leaking into the ocean, can't you? (laughs) Go for it, mate. Ray of Kensington said, good on you, Ray. I I don't know if he got a message. I left one a couple of weeks ago for you on your home phone, but um, anyway... Uh, It's too late now because the event's over. Um, (laughs) Ray, fifty dollars anyway, and thank you very, very much. Because I know this isn't the only show Ray direct um, donates to either. So some people give lots of money. He
3: does get his say.
2: Oh, he gets his say. He certainly does. Not on the ABC anymore. They no. know his voice, but but he, he's
3: smart fella. He, he's Ray always a, worth listening he to. He gets him.
2: on three CR. Good old Ray, and um, always has his say. And um, twenty dollars from Emily Hayes. And look, Emily, thanks so much. And um, I was like the other day. I was I don't know. I was riding on my bike along somewhere, and I thought of Emily for some reason. It came into my mind. But anyway, then you anyway, must
3: have known you were, you I were. I must have.
2: Yeah, um, yeah. Because Emily's former. Well, she's been around three CR for years, and of course, she had that. I don't think she still has, but that group called Milk, the music group, they used to play pubs and things. Oh, cool. Weren't they called Milk? I think they were. I don't know. Whatever, I think they were. Anyway, but Emily, thanks very much indeed. Emily, very much indeed. Yeah.
3: We're coming to the end. (laughs) We've only got six minutes to go for people to ring up and donate.
2: Get on the bloody phone. And I'll tell you how to pay.
4: Mm. Yes. (laughs) Simply post your cheque or money order to P.O. Box 1277 Collingwood 3066 and be sure to tell us which program you'd like your donation to go to. OK,
2: and we're back on air. and how um, that, that's that? how I, I do love it. a bit of Yeah, um, that's
1: right.
2: We, we, we had to get the... Mics on again and try and get Annie just now to sit it up. down and stop dancing and we're in business we're back in business again she's back in the chair and all's well um, and uh, not know about that but. <laughs> you'll be pleased to know um, by the way that um, the um, the with just talking about courts attacking unions etc recently that story you did we mentioned it last week again about a rise. and That's the, right. the, the the commissioner who ruled on that is the bloke whom the the Financial Review regularly says is the only decent commissioner there. The rest are – most of the others are Labor appointments and they're terrible people and pro-union and come out of unions. And there's a bloke who comes from – he's an ex-Free Hills lawyer actually called Graham Watson. Now, he made that ruling. And in the last week Shocking. or so, he's also made a ruling saying inflated penalty rates paid to stevedores should be cut because they are unsustainable and out of proportion with rates other workers receive. Graham Watson has ruled.
3: And not only and, that, he can prove they're inflated.
2: That's right. Oh, they're inflated. So he's actually ruling that they cut back on wages and conditions for wharfies now as well. So isn't, isn't that, It's very emotional
3: wonderful. and emotive language for a, for a judge yes. to uh, use, I'll have to say.
2: Yes, yeah, so I will... But Graham does no, he's he's a balanced judge. He's he, he yeah, looks at yeah. see, people from employer's side are able to look at it from both sides of both points of view, um, and then they come up with a sensible decision. Whereas union people are quite biased. Which I've found, I've, I know a or, lot of or people or
3: genuinely even-handed well, adjudicator.
2: Worse, I, I find a lot of people who come out of unions and go into those positions go out of their way to rule for the bosses to prove they're not biased. Mm. It's, I mean, it's it's been a pattern over the years for a lot of Well, Australia
3: of them. is absolutely riddled with uh, self-regulation. You know, self. Yeah. yeah. Uh, pe- people uh, being careful about what they do.
2: I had a friend who um, was on an unfair dismissal from a from a hospital and we the commissioner was bloke we knew well we'd known him for years um, and she thought oh, well, it was a lay down maze job and he ruled for it was it was a lay down Mazaire job he ruled for the boss over the christmas break so the time they found out the time to appeal had expired oh how outrageous yes that's right exactly michael oh, doran 30 dollars look thank you michael very very much indeed he would drop off and he loves the show oh, my god michael <laughs> got it a- think about that but okay look thank you Michael and I'm glad you love the show that's terrific and keep up the good work again from Ann Curis has given us $20 and Ann look thank you very much as well and we do have an anonymous donor which is terrific to see and it's just come in someone's given us and doesn't want their name mentioned or I'll use that plural there he's or her um, to just give it away even more because they do want to stay anonymous but $500 so.
3: Oh, oh that, that
2: that's wonderful isn't it <laughs> And we couldn't reach John McPherson, but when we do, I'm sure he'll be giving us money as well. We'll extract it out of him.
3: Yeah, right. And, yeah. Um, and like, like in the uh, the uh, band you were talking about, you'll milk him.
2: That's right. Exactly. And we've got to go now. But uh, don't forget, any other donations you give to any show in this program, you have to write city limits on it. Um
3: or we'll just go to the uh, general <laughs> revenue.
2: It's compulsory. <laughs> <laughs> but look, okay. thanks, thanks, we've put up, thanks for putting up with another hour of this because uh, Radio Thoughts, I, I hate it, I must admit. But look, keep giving because we do need it and uh, it's essential. Annie, look, thank you so much for coming in today.
1: My pleasure, absolutely. <laughs> thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia on the Kulin Nation. For more information and to find out how you can support 3CR, go to www.3cr.org.au.